Welcome to the YA Cafe, where we share conversations about books for teachers, readers, and caffeine addicts everywhere. On today's episode, we'll be joined by friends of the podcast to give you part two of our 2018 recommendation roundup. Grab a mug of your favorite beverage, friends, and let's talk books. Have you tried the Radio Public app? It's a great app where you can find all of your favorite podcasts like this one. You'll experience the same great content for free and we'll receive a small kickback every time you listen there. This is a great way to support any podcast you enjoy. Come find us over on Radio Public. Welcome, y'all. Today's episode will be a little different. We've called up some of our writer, reader, and teacher friends to make some recommendations of books we didn't cover this year on the podcast. We did part one of this episode last week, and if you haven't gotten a chance to listen yet, there are some great recommendations on there, too. I'm Amanda Thrasher. And I'm Danielle Hall, an 8th and ninth grade English teacher, and I blog at teachnouvelle.com. We've got a great mix of recommendations ahead, so hold on tight. You can find links to these titles and more information about our guests in our show notes. And, as always, if you're a teacher or a librarian, we've got ideas for using these books in the classroom. Our first recommendation comes from our friend and bookstagrammer, Anna. You can hear her join us on several past episodes, including our episodes on Mondays Not Coming and Children of Blood and Bone. Hey, bookworms, is Anna, also known as Hanaya7 on Instagram. And my book recommendation this year would be The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. Uh, the story is about a young Dominican-American girl named Zarumada who is trying to find her voice in this world and pretty much figure out where she fits in. Zarumada comes from a background where her mom is a devout Catholic and pretty much won't allow her to deviate outside of her faith as well as her culture. So Zarumada finds refuge in writing poems and is eventually invited to be part of her school poetry club. The only problem that she has there is that poetry club conflicts with her time on confirmation classes. So Zaudumada is trying to figure out how she's able to attend poetry club so that way she can find the outlet that she needs and not get in trouble for not attending her confirmation classes. This book is absolutely amazing. I myself, being a child of immigrant parents, know exactly what Zaudumada went through. It's very difficult when your parents try to hold you to something that you truly don't feel or can connect to. This book is just absolutely amazing. I can't praise it enough. It won the National Book Award or finalist this year. It's a New York Times bestseller. I highly recommend this book. If you can do so, listen to by audio. I normally don't recommend audiobooks, but this one is like an absolute must because the author herself is the narrator and Elizabeth has a background in slam poetry. So if you don't even know who Elizabeth is, I recommend that you go find her videos on YouTube and just listen to her. She's absolutely amazing. Every time I hear her, she just brings chills to me and this book is probably my top YA this year. So if you get a chance, check it out. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Anna. Again, you can follow her on Instagram at Hanaya7. Do you want to support this podcast and check out a book we just recommended? 
Audible is offering YA Cafe listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Elizabeth Acevedo narrates the audiobook for Poet X, and this works out great because it is truly the best like listening experience you could have for that novel is to hear her narrate it in her own voice. She has an incredible reading voice. Yeah, we were able to hear her read at the PDX Book Fest, and I could listen to her all day long. Definitely. So can you. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash cafe. Erin Callahan, welcome back to the YA Cafe podcast. Yay! I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on your end of year show. I'm so excited. I re-listened to our episode, When Life Gives You Demons, and you're just charming. So we want another book recommendation from you. But first, can you tell me a little about your Halloween party? I saw some awesome <laughs> pictures on Instagram. Are you me online? It's not weird. Only a little. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Okay. So for years, friends of mine who live in Maine, I think this is actually number seven, they have held murder mystery Halloween parties. And it's like all and out. Each the year costumes has a different are theme. like amazing. Oh yeah. Like every year people get more into it. So yeah, it's, it's reached peak, I think at this point, possibly though I, I, next year could surprise me. You just never know. But yeah, this past year it was fairy tale themed and my role was Cinderella's fairy godmother. Cinderella had recently disappeared. So I was very concerned (laughs) and um, Snow White may have bitten the dust during the party. (laughs) Snow had to die. There were several mysteries to be solved. That is incredible. So like who thinks up these things? Do you have like a creator? They actually purchase a package from the interwebs (laughs) (laughs) with a different theme every year. Though um, another friend of mine who is a writer, he and I have discussed possibly writing our own murder mystery to test out on the crowd that would be so cool. That would be great. Yeah, it would be amazing. And Aaron, you wrote a book that we still think about all the time. Oh, anytime that there's like my heart. anytime there's a lock or lock picking or anything, I'm just like, oh, I read a book about this. <laughs> yeah. So how is that going for you? You wrote the art of escaping, and we did an episode about it, so everybody should listen to that. And you're awesome. So how's your year been? It's been fantastic. Um, I got featured on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other very cool things have happened, though. Um, One sort of amazing thing is um, an escape artist who gets mentioned in the book, Dorothy Dietrich, actually reached out to my literary agent and was like, this book is cool. Want to do a thing together? So I got to go down to the Houdini Museum in Scranton, Pennsylvania and chat with her. And we actually filmed a Q&A that is up on YouTube in case you're interested in watching it. We will link it in our show notes. That is incredible. What an awesome opportunity. Yay. Yeah, it was really cool. One other exciting thing, because I am super vain and I Google my name and book title every couple of weeks. Of course. I stumbled upon a piece of fan fiction (gasps) that had been written about the characters in my book. Man, that is the dream. Fan fiction. Right? Like, this is not going to get any better. All right, Erin, what book have you brought to the YA Cafe today? 
I have one of my favorite books of 2018. Uh, it is The Accidental Bad Girl by Maxine Kaplan. I met her at the American Library Association Midwinter Meeting in Denver, and she described her book to me as a contemporary feminist retelling of North by Northwest. Ooh. And it is all of that and more. Um, there was a lot of uh, talk about, you know, I can't wait for the books that are going to come out in like 2020 about girls who just burn the world down. And I'm like, yes, we need those books. But also, this one exists right now. And we should all go read it. Um, it is sort of a high school noir vibe in the vein of Veronica Mars. Um, but maybe it. a little yeah, it is truly clever. And I am going to read one of my favorite lines from it. What really killed me about this whole mess was that everything I was, everything I had ever been, athlete, honor student, class officer, friend, smart, social, responsible, funny, had been wiped out the second I'd had sex. So it's positive, it's feminist, it's just so smart. So once again, The Accidental Bad Girl by Maxine Kaplan. Everyone should check it out. Awesome. Well, we will definitely do that. Our next guest is Chris Peck. He's a high school English teacher who you can follow on Instagram at underscore hipster teacher underscore. And he joined us on the episode for How I Resist. The book I would like to recommend for this year is Educated by Tara Westover. This is a memoir by Tara that talks about her growing up in Idaho to her parents who were both survivalists, very anti-government, and didn't allow her to go to public school. Through the book, she tells a lot of stories about growing up with her brothers and sisters and these parents that were adamantly against a lot of forms of education, thinking that education was ran by the Illuminati to brainwash children. Stuff like that was the reality that she grew up in. After her brother left for college, kind of rebelling against his parents, Tara eventually decided to do the same thing, learned and studied where she could at the library, often against her father's will, and was able to get a good score on the ACT, allowing her to go to the college BYU. From there, she began to learn about the world around her. It was in a BYU class on history that she asked what the Holocaust was, having no idea that anything like that happened. She was incredibly ignorant at that point, but dedicated herself to her studies and eventually went on to learn at Cambridge and then at Harvard. She tells the story of becoming educated and learning that the way that she was raised prevented her from understanding a lot of basic things that we take for granted in the world. This book helped inspire me especially to want to become educated, to want to study and learn and grow not only as an educator myself, but in my own education. This is a book that I recommend constantly to a lot of my students and encourage them to read to help inspire them to also become educated. Thanks for that recommendation, Chris. I have heard a lot about that book and I'm really looking forward to reading it.
So next up, we have our very good friend and wonderful author whose books we have talked about on the podcast before, Hannah Moskowitz. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So we did an episode on your book that just came out, Salt, a couple weeks ago, which we really, really loved. And we had previously mentioned Not Otherwise Specified in our Mm -hmm. episode about creative types. So we're super excited to have you join us on the podcast. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here. So Salt came out, I think it was October 30th or October 29th or something like that. And uh, I mean, people already know about it because you guys talked about it. It's a whole, about a whole bunch of orphans who fight sea monsters. Um, the family was, business. Yeah, the family business. It's supernatural at sea, right? So it, <laughs> it was fun to write because of the structure of it. It's in like vignettes and short chapters and stuff like that. And Chronicle was a really great publisher for it because they do a lot with visual stuff and really thinking about the book as an object. So the book has stuff like those pages that are black with the stars on them in between the chapters. And then the casing of the book itself, if you take the cover off, is black with those same stars on it. So it's just really pretty. They're the same publisher who did uh, History of Glitter and Blood. Because that's mm-hmm. another one that's like, the book itself is really beautiful, too. Like, they clearly put a lot mm-hmm. of thought into it. And we're like, how can oh, we yeah. serve the story? And I think it's really good. That is yeah. the first book that a publisher ever sent me. History of Glitter and Blood? Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Salt was actually, I sold it in a two-book deal with Glitter and Blood. I don't know if you guys talk a lot about how, like, how publishing works, but... Not really. I mean, every now and then it comes up, I think. We talked about it a lot with Emily Skretsky when we were talking about Seafire and her experiences publishing Whole Metal Girls, specifically with regards to like the queerness in the book and like sometimes the difficulties with that. Which, like, Hannah, have you had trouble publishing books with queer characters? I've had trouble publishing books, period. So I don't really know if I can blame the queer characters. Um, What sort of happens with publishing, in my experience, is if you have one book that doesn't sell great, that can really set you off on a track that determines the rest of your career. So stores like Barnes & Noble, I don't know if this is common knowledge. There's one dude who decides what every single Barnes & Noble stocks in the children's section in the country. There's one dude. Wow. And it's just whether or not he wants to stock it. It's him. So if he looks at your previous sales and he doesn't like it, or if he looks at your book and literally thinks this book is too wide, it's going to take up too much space on the shelf and I could fit two books here instead of one. Mm. Or if he just doesn't like your cover, a lot of people get their covers changed because the Barnes & Noble guy goes, I don't like this cover. And so they go back and they change it. If he decides that he doesn't want to stock you, that can determine your entire career from there on out. It's really scary. So I will confess that we do a little bit of guerrilla marketing, which is when we go into Barnes & Noble, we'll face all your books. (laughs) Although people can get in trouble for that. like Not if they don't catch us. Dun-dun-dun. So Hannah, what do you have coming up next? Oh, okay. So I think it's going to be next year. It might not be till 2020. You know how publishing is. Its title right now, it will change almost definitely, is Sick Kids in Love. And it's a really happy, traditionally structured romance between these two teenagers who each have different chronic illnesses. And nobody's going to die in it. And they're going to end up happy and together at the end. So what I always say about this is I'm not reinventing the wheel. I am giving the wheel to people who have not had the wheel before. So this is all of the fluffy, like exciting, lovely romance stuff that you love with no bad surprises given characters who don't usually get to have it. We talked about this in Baltimore because this Mm -hmm. is like your answer to The Fault in Our Stars. It absolutely is, yeah. Like a rebuttal. I think it's going to mean a lot to kids with chronic illnesses because what I realized was there's a lot of books with sick characters in them. And I was reading one recently and I was really upset about it because I was thinking 
this book was not written for sick kids. Mm. The people who wrote this book and were involved in the publication of this book never considered sick kids are going to read this book too Mm. because they weren't being thought about. It was about a sick kid being used as like a vehicle for a healthy character. And I'm sure it's a really nice story for healthy kids to read and get perspective, but it was not written with the idea that sick kids would read it. So I think the fact that I, as a chronically ill person, I'm writing chronically ill characters for a chronically ill audience is going to mean something to that audience. They're going to look at this and think, okay, this is by, for, and about. And by, for, and about is a powerful trio of words. That is amazing. I'm really looking forward to it too. And what recommendation have you brought us today? I actually literally brought the book, okay? It's written for me. So it is called Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe. Great title. Uh, and it's by Preston Norton. I'm pretty sure this is his debut. Um, and it came out this year with Hyperion. And I love it. So it has a structure that's similar to my favorite book from last year, or it might have been 2016, actually, which was American Girls by Alison Uminger. This is a narrative structure that I really like because I get really stressed out about conflict in the middle of the books. This one, everything is really, really bad at the beginning. And then it gets better as the book goes on. So it's like the beginning is as bad as it's going to get. Things go wrong throughout the book, of course. But like the lowest point is at the beginning. And then you're just like kind of going uphill. Um, And I like that because it's less stressful for me. It has characters that I like was really rooting for. There's this friendship between uh, the main character and his new best friend. And it's just so heartwarming. And you just love the interactions between the two of them. They're really funny. And I remember while I was reading that, I was taking these pictures and putting them up on Twitter because there were so many lines. And I was just like, yes, I didn't love every single thing about it. There were a few things that bugged me. But for the most part, it was really, really enjoyable and lovely. And there was a lot of narrative satisfaction. And I would absolutely recommend it. What it is about, I guess I should probably touch on that, <laughs> is this boy and he's really, really big. So they call him Neanderthal. He's like really tall and he's really broad. And the most popular guy in school gets a brain injury. And while he is conscious, he has a vision that our boy Neanderthal needs to help him complete the strange list of tasks in order to save the world. So it's about a popular kid teaming up with him to save the world. And it's also about him dealing with his brother's suicide and figuring out why his brother killed himself and figuring out basically why he's been asked to reach out to these different people around the school and to perform these various tasks. That sounds really great. Can you tell us the book title again? Yes, it is Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe, and it is by Preston Norton. I love that you came prepared to evangelize this book. Like, <laughs> like not just this is a book I like. Like, this is a book that you should read and everyone should read, and here's why yeah. it's a delight. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on with us. This was really wonderful. It was lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. And we look forward to reading Sick Kids in Love. Wait, it's not going to be called Sick Kids in Love. To be named Sick Kids in Love someday. Next up, we'll get a recommendation from Lamar Giles. Lamar is an author and editor who joined us on the podcast for a collection of short stories he edited, Fresh Ink. This is Lamar Giles, author of the upcoming novels Spin and The Last Last Day of Summer. I'd like to recommend Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. If you don't know this book already, it's about a young girl named Claudia who hasn't seen her best friend Monday all summer. When school starts and Monday doesn't show up, Claudia is the only person who seems concerned about Monday's whereabouts. That's including other classmates, school administrators, and even Monday's own family. The story is skillfully wrung out through the juggling of various timelines. We get Claudia and Monday's relationship in relatively good times. 
the immediate aftermath of Monday's disappearance. If it really is a disappearance, she could just be away. And we get glimpses into the time immediately after the mystery has been solved. The structure is challenging and rewarding in a way that casts doubt on everyone in Claudia's life, including Claudia. This is a chilling mystery that shows off all of Tiffany's strengths, which you'll be familiar with if you've read her incredible debut novel, Allegedly. She has a talent for giving us characters that, for a long time, I didn't believe you were allowed to write about. They are characters I know in urban environments raised in dark circumstances. Tiffany shows us that they are as beautiful as characters from any wacky fantasy world, rich suburban school, or dystopian future, and that they have voices that also deserve to be heard. So if you haven't read Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson, get yourself to your favorite bookseller immediately. Pick up Allegedly too while you're at it, and get ready to become well acquainted with your new favorite writer. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Lamar. Monday's Not Coming really is a wonderful book. Uh, we were able to do it on a podcast episode earlier this year, and so far it's made a lot of best of lists of 2018. So if you haven't picked it up yet, please do put it on your list. It really is fantastic. We're joined now by one of our favorite friends of the podcast and authors, Amanda K. Morgan. Mandy's the author of Secrets, Lies, and Scandals, Such a Good Girl, and joined us on the episode All of This is True. Hi, Mandy. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me again. Always. Thank you for coming back. Of course. You know I love this podcast. So, Mandy, you have published, this year was Such a Good Girl came out for you, right? Or was um, it last the year? The paperback, yes. Last year, the hardcover came out. This year, the paperback came out, I believe. It's all melting together, you know? Did you do anything big for the paperback release? I really didn't. I did a little bit of extra promotion, but usually the most bang for your buck is, you know, during the hardcover release. So that's when I did signings and promotions and things like that. But I did get to go to Comic-Con this year, which was really cool. That is awesome. I was totally going to bring that up. So what did you do at Comic-Con? We actually um, did a panel. And when I say we, I'm also talking about Joe Whittemore, who wrote Supergirl and Girls Who Code. And she's the author of tons of amazing books. Nice. Uh, nice. So I was her guest on a panel about basically how to be a writer, how to get started if you want to learn how to write for publication. So we talked to the crowd, took questions, and talked about our experiences in publishing. That sounds like a really cool panel. It was very cool. We actually had to go up against Sean Astin at Comic-Con, which was, you know, for your first Comic-Con appearance, very intimidating, but I was really happy about how it turned out. That's really great. I love going to panels and stuff like that. What other cool stuff have you been up to since last we spoke? Um, I have been working on a couple of new projects, which shall remain nameless for now, but I've been talking to my agent about those and working on a secret co-project. Oh my God, I love secret projects. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I work as a copywriter for my full-time job, so I never get away from it. So I have read something else by you a little more recently than all this, Mandy, which is an incredible escape room game coming together with the brain power of Amanda K. Morgan, published author, and Nouvelle ELA TPT, who I've heard is a pretty cool chick. Okay, that's me, y'all. It's me. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so Mandy and I have been working together on a new adventure game series called Burnbridge Breakouts, and hopefully the first game will be available in January. Yes, it has been so fun. So 
We are such a great team, and she is a pretty cool chick. The rumors are actually true. Yes. So I can confirm. (laughs) Outside validation. (laughs) Yes. And we are creating these games with these fantastic puzzles and this beautiful art. And I'm so, so excited for the first one to come out. Me too. I can't wait. All right. So let's talk books. Mandy, you've brought us a recommendation today. Yes, actually, um, I just recently read this book, although I believe it came out in 2016. It's called A Madness So Discreet. It actually won an Edgar. It's by Mindy McGinnis. And I want to start with a couple of trigger warnings for sexual assault and suicide, because it is a very, very dark book. And I think that is actually part of its appeal is its darkness because it's handled very well. It is actually um, set partially in a Victorian insane asylum. And it's just this incredible story of this teenage girl who is pregnant. And you know this going in and her family puts her in this insane asylum until she gives birth. And it's to hide her pregnancy at the time. And it's just such an intense story. And there's so many different pieces. It's like if you married American Horror Story with Sherlock Holmes and they had a book baby. (laughs) It would be a madness so discreet. It's just, it was mind-blowing. And it was just not what I expected at all. It was really good. That sounds really intriguing. Those are two huge fandoms. Like, there are a lot of people who love those shows. So, great comps. (laughs) You spend the first part of this book in this horrible Boston insane asylum and you learn how people of the era were treated and how they viewed insanity and how a lot of those people down there weren't actually suffering from anything at all. And it's really interesting because you, the view shifts and I don't really want to give anything away. Um, Eventually this girl gets out and is able to, um, there's a bit of a revenge component, but it's just the most interesting story because there's mystery. Um, There is a very handsome doctor that comes along, but it's just all kind of melded together and it's, it's just perfect. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks for the recommendation, Mandy. We'll definitely have to check that out. Thanks again for joining us for this recommendation roundup. And thanks for joining us all through 2018. It has been a great first year of podcasting. We've gotten to talk to a lot of great people, authors, readers, teachers, and read a lot of really great books. And we're really glad to have this first year done. And we'll see you in the new year. Happy holidays and happy Happy reading. reading!